This episode of Disney Film Project is brought to you by the letter A, the number three, and touringplans.com. Check out the new optimized touring plans. If you go on your phone and use the Lines application while you're in the parks, the touring plans will update automatically based on the latest data. It's the coolest thing ever. You've got to check it out. Check out the Lines application and the new optimized touring plans over at touringplans.com. They are the sponsor of this episode of the Disney Film Project podcast. again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This is the program where we discuss the films of the Walt Disney Company and all of their assorted entities, including the Muppets! <laughs> I think Todd wins for the best uh, Kermit going crazy impression. All right, I am Brian Kilpatrick, host of the program and the owner, proprietor, blogger over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining me, of course, we have our, our fine film aficionados who are going to break this uh, film down three ways from Sunday and five ways from Tuesday. We have Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who is chief technical officer at the newly relaunched DisneyDrivenLife.com, as well as blogger at TouringPlans.com, and just a fun, swell guy who can do a great Kermit impression, it seems. Hi-ho, Ryan. How are you today? Hi-ho there, Todd. How are you? Oh, that was really good. That was I like good. That. Appreciate that. I've, I've worked on my Kermit impression to amuse my children for many, many years. Awesome. Someday we'll find it. No, I'm not going to sing the Rainbow Connection. <laughs> I thought about it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, also joining us, who you can hear laughing at my poor Kermit impression, would be Miss Brianna Alessio, who is an attractions blogger over at DisneyDrivenLife.com, as well as a blogger on her erstwhile own at uh, the Adventures of Bree at adventuresofbree.blogspot.com. How are you, Bree? I am continually impressed at your impersonations, especially the one of Kermit the Frog. That was exceptional. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and how I mean, are you doing tonight? I I am doing quite well. Yeah. I am I'm excited to talk about this movie. Me too. Very excited. Yes. Uh, the person who will make that conversation seem effortless and edit out the five mistakes we've already made would be Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can read the adventures of her over at about.me slash Cheryl P3, where she talks about um, the horrible things that we make her do to make this program work. How are you this evening, Miss Cheryl? I'm doing good. All right. Are you ready for, for lots of editing? Um, no. No. But we'll see. <laughs> I've not had lots of editing lately. I like the new software makes editing easy, so... We like we like easy. You know what else we like? We like we like our listeners is what we like, and and we like especially um, to have them come on and talk to us. So if you were paying attention the other day on on Facebook or and on Twitter, you saw Miss Cheryl go, "Hey, you want to join us to talk about the Muppets? Go to the Facebook page." And and I think thousands of people did that, if I remember correctly, if I if I can read the numbers correctly. We actually, we actually took down Facebook, I think. We did actually do that. <laughs> we brought it down. If you've seen the end of the Muppets, like the crowd at the end of the Muppets movie, that's how many people actually. Boom. Yeah, all those people. <laughs> but from that, 
we chose Mr. Jeff Swearingen, mainly because he's about to move to Orlando, and I think he needed real estate advice from the Perlmutters. How are you, Jeff? Actually, I was expecting to know when I was going to get the pre-tour of Muppet Studios, but I, I haven't gotten that information yet from Todd, so. Oh, it's forthcoming. You're going to need me to do that impression a few more times, aren't you, Todd? <laughs> How do you feel about green, Ryan? <laughs> All right, so we are here, of course, to discuss The Muppets. Disney's uh, traditional Thanksgiving window release. They have owned this window for the last few years with Enchanted and Tangled and uh, Monsters, Inc. a few years back. So this is they, – they put out a good family film this, this time of year around Thanksgiving. So this, of course, is the latest Muppet film, the first theatrical Muppet film in 12 years. Uh, it has done quite well both critically and at the box office, so we are here to talk about it. All right, but before we discuss the film, the film was preceded by yet another Toy Story tune. What? Done. That's yeah. right. We have seen one of these, the Hawaiian Vacation, already. So this is the second one, Small Fry. Uh, I assume everyone everyone made it to the theater in time to catch this. Yes, I did. Yes. I, I, yeah. I just barely made it trying to get the popcorn. Just mm. <laughs> the popcorn. Yeah, exactly. What's watching a movie without popcorn? I agree. So Small Fry takes place um, in the Toy Story universe, of course, and it de- details how Buzz gets sort of sidetracked and left with the discarded Happy Meal Toys Society. I'm not really sure. I can't remember what they called themselves in the short. I honestly don't remember either. It was just it was a support group for something, yeah. For it was, discarded yeah, toys, yeah. Yeah, it's for discarded like Happy Meal toys. Which, I, Jeff, do you have kids? I do not. Okay, so I'm the only one with kids here. If you have children and you're listening to this, it makes it even more funny because I have an entire bin in each of my children's rooms of old Happy Meal toys. <laughs> Awesome. So, so I can completely relate to to this short because right. anytime we go through a fast food restaurant, it's like, I want to get that because I want to get the toy for this thing that I won't recognize a year from now. <laughs> That's great. It's uh, So I, I thought it was clever because um, here's why, right? Buzz in the movie looks much different than like if you go into Toys R Us and buy the Buzz figure. Right, yes. because he's very plastic. You can see the joints much more. The helmet has a certain look to it. And what I kind of like is, is those features kind of were on the mini buzz, right? Yes. Like the dome looked clearly like plastic and not cool, like Buzz Lightyear's things, things like that. You know, so it was yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I actually, I actually have, or my son has the mini buzz. Okay. He has one that looks almost exactly like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. In fact, to the point where when, when Mini Buzz came on the screen, he's like, I have that, I have that. It's a little bit bigger than the Mini Buzz, but it's it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's he, like flattened like that, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I have, I have one, one important moment in the entire thing. Dude, Condor Man was in the short. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was like really Condor Man. That was the best part about it. Yes, it was. <laughs> Thank you, are... whoever at Pixar that loves Condor Man. Did you catch the other hidden Disney reference in there as well? Maybe. I think I did. One of the toys. One of the toys looked like one of the old audio animatronics from America Sings. Oh. I'm the eagle sure. riding the Declaration of Independence? The eagle riding the Declaration of Independence. Oh, I thought that was from the 76 parade. It was probably in both. Oh, okay. Yeah, the uncle, the uncle, or not Uncle Sam, but yeah, that eagle is, is from the America Sings. I did recognize that. I thought, I thought, I was like you too, Todd. I thought it was, must have been like a parade float or something, but I actually looked it up afterwards and it wasn't. Oh, cool. <laughs> The, the names of some of those characters were great, so, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it basically, the, if, you, if you haven't seen it, the short tells the story of Buzz getting left behind uh, in, in this fast food restaurant with these old discarded Happy Meal toys, the, the ringleader of which was voiced by Miss Jane Lynch, doing her best deadpan comedy. And who doesn't love Jane Lynch? Absolutely. Uh, and it, it basically, it's, since it's a short, there's not much to it. It's, Buzz tries to get out is, is the, the gist of the short, and he does eventually. I think more importantly, though, who doesn't love Super Pirate? Of course. <laughs> or T-Bone. <laughs> or Grappling Hook Gary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, frankly, he's the most important one of them all. He, he really is. is. The key to escaping. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, did you all prefer this one or Hawaiian Vacation? Oh, no, Hawaiian Vacation was much funnier. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hawaiian Vacation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we're all in agreement on that. <laughs> this, this was just... Um, okay, so here's why. I think kids can really enjoy and, re- and relate to Hawaiian Vacation at a certain level. This one probably less so because mm-hmm. it's got a lot of nostalgia in it, so it's definitely more for older people. And they're not going to get the support group joke or anything like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And the whole thing where they all go, hi, Buzz, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this was, the Hawaiian Vacation was more classically funny than this. Yes. Yeah. So I really like how Tim Allen shines through in the Buzz Lightyear character in this short. You know, he's right there, he's in the support group, he's sitting on the box, he's, you know, look, you know looking around, thinking, he's cooking something up, he's trying to formulate a plan. And it's like Tim Allen on Home Improvement when he's got a bunch of toys in front of uh, tools in front of him. You know, it just reminds me of that whole thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can completely see Definitely. that. Yeah. All right, so let's let's rate the short and get on to the uh, the main event here. So, what do we think of uh, of Small Fry, Jeff? What do you think? One out of five, or one two five rather? Um, I'd probably go with a three. It's, there, there's a lot better Pixar shorts out there, but it could have been a lot worse. So I'm going to stay right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. It's a three. It's right there in the in the middle of the pack for me as well. Bree, what about you? I'm actually going to give it um, three and a half. I really did enjoy this. Um, I think my favorite part of the whole thing was when that little guy's arm it kept flying out and knocking other toys over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he makes the comment about being recalled. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, I don't understand why. Pop. Yeah. 
That's a great, great name. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember all their names. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, so, yeah, um, for me, um, I'm also going to go with the three. It's right in the middle of the road there for me, too. I'm going to go with three with three, a three and a half. And that's because I liked how the mini the mini Zerg stayed with the with the power belt. I like kind of like that power belt. Kind of reminded me again of one of the games, Simon the Simon game. I loved I loved the mini belt was funny. Yeah, Simon said that. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have pretty consistent ratings there for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right, good. so on to the main event. So we know that uh, Jason Siegel, who stars in the movie uh, of The Muppets as Gary, he co-wrote this movie with his writing partner, Nicholas Stoller, and they pitched it to Disney back in 2008 as a revival of The Muppets after Disney had, had bought The Muppets. So I guess before we start talking about the plot and all that kind of stuff, I guess my question to you guys, do you think this is successful in reviving the Muppet franchise, which was the stated goal of the movie? Yes. Absolutely. I'm still thinking. I think they waited a little bit long. I think they could have done it. I'm not sure how production and writing-wise they could have done it, but if they pitched it in 2008... Why didn't they do it at the success they were having with all those viral YouTube videos and make it done there when when that was having – and they won all the awards? Well, this movie had one of the largest viral campaigns. But what – I think what Cheryl's referring to, and I agree with her on this part, is back when the Bohemian Rhapsody video yes. came out <laughs> and some of the Beaker YouTube videos yes. and those sorts of things, that was 2009. Mm-hmm. And what actually happened is when they decided they were going into production on the movie, the studio said to the Muppet people, the Muppets is a kind of a separate entity on its own. The studio told them once they decided to make a movie that they could no longer produce those videos like the Bohemian Rhapsody type you know, YouTube videos that they had been doing, and instead – what they decided to do was then do what you were talking about, Todd, which is the the marketing campaign for the movie. Mm-hmm. So they did, they, but there was a, about a 16, 18 month gap between new material that I agree with Cheryl, like there was no reason for that. Okay. It, it's interesting too, because there was a lot of rewriting on this movie apparently. Yes. Okay. And I mean, even to the point where they, guys from Pixar, scrubbed the script before it was final. Which is not unusual with Disney films these days. Yeah, well, and then apparently there were entire plots that were filmed and then ended up on the cutting room floor. So before we get too much into the the movie, do we want to just briefly go over the Muppets at all? What they are for people who may not have seen the movie yet, who may be sleeping under a rock? I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think you'd have to be with the uh, marketing campaign they put behind this movie, but sure. Let's yeah. Give, let's give, give the 30,000-foot view of the Muppets. Yeah, I mean, it's really quick, okay? I mean, I, I'm just going to give the real super basics, folks. I'm not going to get too into it. Um, you know, uh, they were created uh, by Jim Henson in the 1954-1955 time frame. He was not a puppeteer to begin with. It was something that he 
taught himself how to do and got into it, and that's how he created them. They weren't originally called Muppets at the time. He coined the term during an interview, um, and he claimed, and then later on he claimed that it was he supposedly made up a story that it was coming from marionette and puppet, but there's nothing to substantiate that. It's not written down. It's not in the archives for the company or anything like that. It's just a story uh, that he put in an interview. Um, just so everyone knows, uh, for a long time, you know, Jim Henson ran the company, did everything, and then he passed away. And the company kind of sat there for a little bit, and Disney bought it, okay, after several tries over many years, right? It wasn't until, was it 2004 that they bought it? I believe he had sold it to an overseas company, Todd. Right. Yeah, but they, I, sold it, they sold it to uh, MTV, not MTV, the uh, the music television, but EMTV in Germany. Okay. Uh, back in, yeah, I think 2004, and then Disney came in and, and kind of swooped them up in, uh, in 2007 or 2008, I believe. Okay. I think MTV actually went bankrupt, and that's what caused it to happen. Disney only bought the rights to the Muppets, okay? They don't own the characters in Sesame Street. They don't own the Fraggles, okay? Um, all of which are technically Muppets. They own, they jointly own the rights to the Muppets with those companies, okay? So Jim, so there's still a Jim Henson studio still owns the Fraggles. Sesame Street Corporation owns Sesame Street and all those characters. Disney owns the Muppets, and they have a holding company called the Muppet Studio, Okay, and um, that's basically it. Um, basically, he, you know, there's been a several movies along the way. Like I said, I mentioned The Fraggles. I mentioned Sesame Street. Um, there's uh, Kermit the Frog got his start on Sesame Street and moved to being a Muppet. Um, and he's the only one, right? Out of all yeah. of them? Yeah. There's no yeah. other characters. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, and, uh, you know... There's been other famous people involved on the way, like Frank Oz, uh, who is not in this movie at all. It's the first Muppet movie without him. Mm. The first theatrical Muppet movie. Theatrical movie, movie. okay. That's probably fair to say. Yeah. Um, And um, that's that's the short form. I mean, there's a lot more we could go into, but since this is about the movie and not the Muppets, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Yeah. Sure. I did want to re-add about Heather Henson and her puppetry studio, um, Ibex Puppetry. Um, that she, and apparently she still has some items from, from, from the Muppets. So Todd sort of alluded to the fact that this movie's kind of had a troubled road to the screen. Um, we mentioned Jason Siegel has been in charge of the project since it started in 2008. So if you don't know Jason Siegel... Um, he is on How I Met Your Mother on CBS. He has done several films, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, if you saw if you saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and that is an R-rated film, so kids, don't go watch it. Um, but that movie basically is sort of his way to say a love letter to the Muppets without doing a Muppet movie. If you've actually seen it. Yeah. yeah. He... Um, yeah. he kind of puts his love of puppetry and the Muppets right out front and center in that movie. <laughs> nice. Cool. And frankly, I think the end of the film is sort of an audition tape to uh, to do this movie. 
He's great. But, I love How I Met Your Mother, too. Oh, I agree. That's one of, one of my favorite shows on television. Um, but yeah, there there were lots of things that you know rumors and innuendo and things coming out about the movie before it was you know before it came out. The the Muppet, some of the old time Muppet performers, you know, said that they weren't happy with how the Muppets were being portrayed. You alluded, Todd, to the fact that you know there are tons of other celebrity cameos that were in the movie that are uh, were ended up being cut out. Yeah, just because of those stories not being in the movie, so it a long you know three year process to get the movie on the screen, but it is now running at ninety eight percent critical success on Rotten Tomatoes, yes, which is unheard of. Yeah, it, it's and it's not it's right and it's ninety eight percent from the from the critics. I think it's about the same from the people basically. Because yeah. the two Rotten Tomatoes has two ratings. That's unbelievable. I, I've never seen a movie that high. It's obviously the highest rated Muppet film ever made. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, we're movie people. I go on Rotten Tomatoes all the time to check movies before they come out and after they come out. I've never seen a movie that high. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it, it is, it's crazy. I mean, they made over the Thanksgiving break. They made forty-two million dollars that are that are allotted to Thanksgiving, right? They right. held the they held the number two spot because they were beat by Breaking Wind. I mean, Breaking Dawn, Part One, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which which uh, just so you, for comparison, uh, Breaking Dawn made sixty-three million in the same time period, which isn't so. It's not that bad considering by comparison, Happy Feet Two, which is considered a dismal failure. Which, because it came out uh, more than a week before Muppets did, has only made forty-five million dollars. Period. Yeah. Okay. And 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 the other thing to keep in mind is the budget on this movie. the The actual production budget, best I can read anywhere, was between forty and forty-five million dollars. So the film has already, in its opening weekend, made back its production budget, which never happens anymore in Hollywood. Used to happen all the time. But yeah. these days never happens because yeah. of overspending, which we've discussed yeah. many times before. Yeah. So financially, this movie's already a success. I think Bree, you've said, and Cheryl and Jeff, you guys all said that you feel like this has kind of revitalized the Muppets franchise. Uh, Todd, I think you you were still thinking about that one. So here, here's here's why I was still thinking. It's it's not that I I I loved the movie. Uh, it's it's not that I don't see people going and seeing it and making a lot of money. What I get concerned about is what will Disney do to make the next step, and will they pull the trigger? Right? Cause, yeah. Because I've seen Disney do this before where they have this thing before them that's a great success, and they mess it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is a yeah. concern I have with this because there's they – can, they, it could really still go either way. So while it is going to be a very successful movie, I can't yet – safe with with certainty if it will relaunch the entire Muppets, that's up to Disney to decide at this point, because it certainly could be the launch point, but they have to do that. Well, there have been rumors for years about them bringing back the Muppet TV show in some form, and I think Fox was showing a significant interest in it over the past couple of years as well. Ooh, that would be interesting. Ooh, yeah. 
Because this, I mean, this definitely sets up the idea of doing the Muppet Show again. Yeah, it does. It really does. Because when I walked out of the theater, I felt so. Spoilers. Um, I I I didn't think this was as good as the critics. But when I walked out of the movie, I thought, you know what? If they start the Muppet Show after this, it should be a huge hit. It really should. That, yeah. That yeah. was the. That was the problem with the uh, the Muppets Tonight Show that they had put on, right? It, there was no lead-in for it, and that was why it failed, because the age range that they targeted that show for was not prepared for that sort of show. Yeah, right? no, I agree. Well, if you go back to the original Muppet Show, right? Okay. It, it was done at a time period where that kind of show worked because you still had the variety shows on television. Yep. Right, and that's Great. why that's why the Muppet Show worked as as a television show ahead of time. When they brought back Muppets Tonight, there was nothing to set that sort of scenario up, and so it failed. Then you had those crazy Disney Channel shorts that they did with the Muppets that were an utter failure. Yeah, the ones with like Miley Cyrus and stuff. Yes, some of them were funny, but they were a failure overall because they didn't market right. And you know, now we're here. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about the movie. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the basic plot of this is if you've if you've seen the the onslaught of marketing, uh, which I, I would be surprised if you haven't, uh, is that Gary, played by Jason Siegel, and his brother Walter, who is a puppet, played by Walter the puppet. Yes. Yay. Uh, <laughs> shows up they, they they come to life in the film living in small town USA which I thought was a great conceit yeah. and it shows how they were huge Muppet fans growing up especially Walter being a puppet you know he's he's a fan of of the Muppets what I loved about this first part of the movie is that they didn't bother to explain why Gary would have a puppet brother you know, where they grew up, where's their mom, none of that stuff. It's just straight to the point, like, here's these two guys, and they're huge Muppet fans. And that's really all you need to know. And they're brothers. Yes. But it's it's great, because they don't, they don't, you don't need to know that information about their background or anything. All you need to know is they're brothers, and they're Muppet fans. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah. And so, as, as we watch them get older... Gary is planning a, a trip to Los Angeles with his girlfriend Mary, who's played by Amy Adams, in in her second Disney Thanksgiving esque role. After but uh, Gary has invited Walter along on the trip with he and Mary to Los Angeles because you you get the impression right away that Gary is kind of an older brother taking care of Walter. So so that. Even though it's an anniversary trip, he invites Walter along so that they can go visit the Muppet Theater. And before that, they do the Life's a Happy Song number. Which Love I thought, that song. Yeah, great. I, yeah. Thought, I thought the song was fantastic. So so here's where here's where my criticism starts, though. Oh. <laughs> Bree's just, like, rolling her eyes already. Yeah. So my entire criticism of the movie boils down to one thing. It's the only thing I have wrong with it, but it weighs on the entire film. And I feel like there's so much, like, melancholy and sadness weighing on this movie. And it starts with Amy Adams and her looking out the window and the fake rain and looking at Walter and all that kind of stuff. 
and it doesn't stop the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, the, really? oh, see, I like that. <laughs> the, the, you mean the, the sad moment in the middle of the Life's a Happy song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> so the, the, the growing up scene with Walter and Gary where they're kind of like in that grainy old school photography, you know, the 8mm film yeah. reel, does that not remind you of the beginning to the Wonder Years? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> wow. Yes, it does. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, from from even, so from that point, when they go to Los Angeles, and, you know, we kind of set the plot off with them touring the, the Muppet Theater, uh, led by Alan Arkin, in the best Ooh. case, in my opinion. Yeah, so after the the Life's a Happy Song, they, they, they make the trip to Los Angeles, and they're sneaking through the Muppet Theater. Uh, Walter goes into Kermit the Frog's office and kind of kicks the plot off with overhearing Tex Richmond, played by Chris Cooper, um, figuring out that he now can own the theater unless the Muppets um, spend $10 million to get it back. And this is, of course, explained to him by Statler and Waldorf, who are actively crusading against the Muppets for reasons that I cannot fathom. Well, I'm not sure that they were. I think they were just trying to make a buck. Could be. Right? So, can we start to talk about my problems? Or do you want to, why don't we go through it, and I'll, I'll get to my problems at the end. Actually, I enjoyed the next part. I thought it was true to the Muppet movie, where uh, Walter is screaming throughout the entire part, <laughs> all the way back to the hotel room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was very good for me. I like that. But it, when they go to Kermit's mansion... What mansion was this, Todd? Oh. <laughs> oh, what mansion was this? So the outside of the mansion was just um, a house that they took a shot of, okay? But the inside, inside all the interior shots that they did were... Um, it was Greystone Mansion in Beverly Hills, um, and it was owned by uh, oil magnate uh, Edward Doney and his son's family and later sold to the city of Beverly Hills. So it's actually owned by the city of Beverly Hills. Oh, cool. As a, as a, you know, as a landmark. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's neat. That is neat. So Gary, Mary, and Walter go to Kermit's mansion to convince him to put on a show. This is a plot we've seen in – if you've watched any Muppet movies or – the Muppet Show, or, you know, this is a common thing we've seen in, in the Muppets in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't have any issue with them repeating it, because it works. Right? Yep. Where, where I had the problem is Kermit, I think, needed to be put on antidepressants in this movie. <laughs> because the next, I mean, the whole, the whole next thing is him saying how they can't reunite the group and we can't do it and then there's a song that that brings him back the pictures in my head where he sees the other muppets in his mansion and everything and that's great that's what should happen but the next but as they go out on the road to talk to all the muppets he's still like down in the dumps the whole time but but isn't kermit always kind of been emo a little bit, no. yeah. I, no, no. No, think I don't about, think so. Really? I don't know. I think he has. It's it's not easy being green. Oh goodness. 
That just happened, though. Wow. Okay. And, and, and no, no. I mean, I mean, think of it's a it's a Kermit song. Most people think Rainbow Connection, but really, it's not easy being green. Is the most famous song. I mean, that's pretty much an emo song right there. I kind of tend to agree with Bree. Thank you. Okay, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the first Muppet movie, Kermit. Uh, the Muppet Show, Kermit. The, the the Muppet, the Kermit who asked the eternal question, "Can the frog tap dance?" and then proceeds to do the song "Happy Feet." Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so but he that's can the, tap dance. That doesn't mean he's not emo. And that's the that's his comedian side. But remember, he's in the beginning of the original Muppet movie. He's sitting on a log playing a banjo, right? Yeah. yeah. Eating flies. Emo beings do that. They eat flies. No, but I mean, it, it's, have banjos. It, it, oh, okay. Here's the thing, right? If you're going to make a, a movie where the characters are supposed to be coming back, they have to. It, it's it's about going back to the roots. That's where the movie ends, right? Is they're back at their roots, but they have to re-kickstart themselves, not just the franchise, as we were saying, right? So yeah. it puts them back at the beginning. The original Muppet movie. It's about Kermit kickstarting his life, right? But I felt like Kermit in that. I feel like Kermit, Kermit in the original Muppet movie, which I'm sure we'll do a show upon someday, he has a goal and a purpose in mind, and he pursues it, like, doggedly. Mm-hmm. And he... Kermit is funny in that movie. He has the best one-liners. He's he's funnier than Fozzie. Fozzie's not supposed to be funny. Fozzie's supposed to be bad comedy. You know, mm-hmm. Kermit, Kermit in the Muppet movie has... The best lines. He's he's sharp witted. When the guy rose up to him after seeing seeing the Rainbow Connection, he has this dry wit about him as an alligator's about to eat the other guy. Mm-hmm. In this movie, Kermit is sulking. He can't talk properly to his friends. It's just not Kermit for me. I honestly think they did that on purpose, just because so many years went by. So they're just showing how he's changed, and he just needed that jump start to get back to what he used to be. I don't know. I think it's a combination of the two. That he is a little bit, yes, self-doubting, and he does need something to kickstart him. But maybe it has to, it's done a little bit too too melancholy. Yeah, that's that's so. I so I mean, it's I think it's a I think it's a combination of the both. Maybe the melancholy is showing so much because he's so much doubting himself that he can be this big star again, and maybe that's why maybe that's why Ryan sees it that way. I mean, I could see it. I can see what Ryan. I can understand what Ryan's saying because it was he was shown down the dumps. Can this thing ever come together? And doubting himself, and that becomes very melancholy and very black and white. So, all right. So let's get it. Let's get somebody who doesn't talk movies all the time with us. Jeff, what do you think? What, do you, what did you think of Kermit in this one? What I was seeing was not as much Kermit being melancholy as the Muppets. This movie is very self-reflective, basically saying, "We've been gone for." 10 years, are we still relevant? And you see that thread going all the way through the movie over and over. And I'm just seeing Kermit's actions here as a reflection on that whole stream that they've kept driving home. We've been gone for so long, are we still still relevant in this day and age? Yeah, it's it's very meta. Like, the whole thing is a commentary. It's, it's the Muppets... It's a Muppet movie about the Muppets making a TV show to show that they're relevant, yet the movie is around to show that they're relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'd, I'd also like to make notice that as Kermit progresses through the movie and more of his friends come back, more of him comes back. He's, I don't think he's, I don't get the feeling he's depressed throughout the whole thing. I mean, he meets Frozzy and he picks up a bit. They, he really picks up a lot when Gonzo comes up. And then by the time they're going to get Animal, he's kind of, he's kind of really into it. Yeah, no, I, it, but that's that's I guess where I have the problem because I so he goes next like you just said to get Fozzie, and there's the whole thing with Fozzie performing in the Muppets, the the Muppets tribute band at this casino in Reno. I would have expected a scene between he and Fozzie to be full of one-liners and jokes and those sorts of things. Instead, it's an emotional catharsis type scene. That doesn't work for me. Like for it me, works for the it works for the movie, but it didn't work for me. For me, I expected that. I don't know. It's weird. Like I just expected that. So so don't get me wrong. I'm going to criticize several things in the movie. I think the movie as a film is fantastic. Yeah. It's not a good Muppet movie. That's that's those are two different things to me. Which would you prefer, a good movie or a good Muppet movie? I would have preferred a, a better Muppet movie. Although there are some laugh-out-loud, like, roll-on-the-floor pieces in the movie, the over overall, I felt kind of sad through a lot of the movie. Well, I think they needed a good movie to restart the franchise more than they needed a good Muppet movie. And that's probably what they were aiming for, getting something broad-based so they could rebuild their audience. You're, you're probably absolutely right. I... I, I freely admit that I'm probably too close to this, just because like I have all the old Muppet shows on DVD, I watch the Muppet movie all the time, you know, I, I am probably way too close to this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I You probably are a little too close to it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Like you said, it's a, it's a $40 million movie. They have to, in order to restart something and put it into the hearts of people who it might not already be in the hearts of, which you are not somebody who it was not already in the heart of. Agreed. Okay? So, in order to get it there, they have to make the movie more emotional. They must, because that's the fastest way to make it happen. And that's a big part of what's going on here. Consider that this movie being made, being done and doing as well as it's doing for the amount that it was you know, made for is now... Next time around, Disney's going to throw two, three times as much at the movie. My biggest concern with that will be that it will might take them longer to make, and they really got to have another movie out there in about two years for it to work right. Yep. Okay. That's that's if it's if we're not seeing another Muppet movie in two years, there's a problem. Mm. That's that's my opinion up front now, um, because because week to week the people who stand behind the Muppets are so good that they're they're able to jump in and do it, okay? I mean, if you ever watched um, the old um, films of them making scenes from The Muppet Show and stuff like that, they are so fantastic because they write something, they line for line, they memorize it, and they're doing it, and they do it in, like, less than a day. It's like, it's like doing, like... Imagine if, like, a weekly sitcom wasn't produced like five or five to ten months in advance right they were doing it the week before it went on the air 
every single yeah. week. Okay, I mean these are and and they still have th- those same type of people, not the same people necessarily, but the same class of people ability wise are still behind the Muppets today. And I think that they could do a two year turnaround. The studio has to has to get it done. Yeah, I, and that's that's my concern. I don't think that they'll. I, I can almost guarantee you there will not be a new Muppet movie in 2013 yeah. because they, they won't turn it around quickly enough at the studio level. I prefer to wait a couple of years if it means they get the script right. And that's what's more important with keeping this relevant because we all saw what happened to the last few Muppet movies. They just went downhill. They have to have a good script in order to keep the, the franchise relevant. I, I 100% agree, but the problem is if they go four or five years, they've got to be on TV in that interim. Like Phineas and Ferb is a great example. It, it's relatively new. And um, and it's taken them um, three seasons to get to get a movie. And so it's true. I, I I think that I think I think so. I do agree that they need to be. If they're not making a movie, they're not writing a script. They need to be on ABC Family, not the Disney Channel, folks. Disney Channel is not going to get the type of viewership the Muppets need. It needs to be ABC Family or. Somebody else that's one of the big guys that everyone everyone get that you know. No, I disagree. ABC has to put it on. Pick a night and put it on. The main channel, the main network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this this first part, this section of the movie, we talked. I mean, we basically said it's it's about Kermit and the gang getting back together. So we we see his reunion with Fozzie. We see Gonzo and the reunion there with him having become a, a, the head of a plumbing business. And blowing up the plumbing blizzards, which, like, yes. I was like, wow, they actually showed that. <laughs> actually, they really didn't show that. That was the best part about it, right? It's, it, it happens behind them, like in every action movie, where they just kind of throw dust in the direction of the characters, but you don't actually see the explosion. Right. Well, that, that to me was, like, the best example of old-school Muppet humor combined with kind of the new... Um, you know, like Siegel's style of comedy. If you've ever seen some of the other films that he's written, like it, it was, a, it had a very you know Monty Python esque vibe to it. To me, like that's so something I could have seen happen on Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yeah. Which, you know, a contemporary, a, you know, kind of a contemporary of the Muppets. You know, it came a little bit before it, but. Was that the only one who gasped in horror when the Swedish chef opened the refrigerator and totally burned all the food? I think you and Vegan Emily. I, I laughed. I, I laughed hysterically when I saw, saw the fridge go up in flames. So, <laughs> I liked um, Animal and um, Jack Black. Jack Black. Thank you. I'm oh, getting there. Awesome. I was getting there. No drums. No drums. Yes. And also, um, if the voice of the of the of the of their counselor sounded a little bit familiar to you, she's a certain unicorn in Toy Story. <gasps> Is that Trixie? Yep, that's Trixie. Love it. There you go. Yeah. She was on Flight of the Concords, if I remember correctly, too. I don't know. <laughs> yes. no Trixie. She, she was. She was, because Ben McKenzie, who's on Flight of the Concords, did the music for this movie. Wow, there's an name I haven't heard in a while. There you go. Yeah, they, they pick up Animal and the rest of the Muppets through, through a montage. By the way, I'm calling it right now, 80s Robot is the best new addition to the, to the Muppets. 
Yes. <laughs> can, can I can I tell you a secret? My brother owned Eighties Robot, not that particular one, but he had the Omnibot Two Thousand. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! It was awesome. <laughs> as awesome as the movie. <laughs> Isn't it great too? And he's in Kermit's house, and he keeps you can hear him constantly hitting the wall. And he's going ow, ow, ow. Yes. <laughs> Love that. I, I laugh so hard when he goes, let me use my modem, and then it goes... <laughs> <laughs> Brings you right back. And how often do you get references to Tab and New Coke anymore? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just another one of those great things, though, that like they put in the movie, but they didn't feel the need to explain why Kermit has 80s robot. No, and they don't have to. You just no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um... <laughs> uh, so yeah, the rest of the, there's a, there's a great. They even say that they should go pick up the rest of the Muppets by montage. Which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> Except for Ralph, who d- who demands his scene to be shown. <laughs> yes, right. he's like I don't understand why you didn't show my stuff. I thought I had some great moments there, <laughs> and, and he didn't. Spoiler alert. No. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he was in a hammock or something, right, on the porch, just still sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and then they decide to travel by map to Paris to get Miss Piggy. <laughs> to get <any> <laughs> uh, that, that's becoming a new uh, household line now. Let's travel oh, yeah. by map. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and so, again, then we and I thought the, the Muppet Man thing, uh, where, where all the Muppets stacked together into a suit to try to get in to see Miss Piggy, again, <laughs> classic Muppet stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, right. I love how she reacts to it too. She bangs her head on the <laughs> table and she's like, "I can't believe I fell for Muppet Man." <laughs> I, love, I love when she just throws her head on the table. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But it, but then there's the scene right after that where it's her and Kermit walking, you know, walking along and trying to discuss why they, you know, he 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 can't tell her that he needs her, you know. And I thought that was very true to the character, but again, like for me, it was just a little too, I don't know, well, too melancholy. Th- there was one thing out of the film that didn't do it for me, and that was when she was, I think this is much later in the film, but when she was in the diner, and all of a sudden she gets up and starts dancing. Oh, I, when Amy like, Adams does? Yeah, uh, yeah, Amy Adams, sorry. Yeah, I, I just didn't, I didn't care for that scene. Yeah. But... That's just me. But, but it was like an I Am Woman scene, though. I kind of, I mean, I yeah. didn't care for that scene either. But it was the I Am Woman scene. It's, it's that, you know, she can be independent if she wanted to be. Right, right. I totally get why they did that scene. I just didn't really care for it myself. Yeah. So they uh, they end up returning without Miss Piggy uh, and replace her with Miss Poogie from the Moopits, which is scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, But they come up with the idea to do this show, uh, and all the TV networks turn them down until uh, uh, Veronica Martin is the character's name, but it's Rashida Jones, who used to be on The Office and is now on Parks and Recreation. Um, She offers them an an opening in the the schedule because uh, Punch a Teacher, her hit show, uh, had to uh, move their schedule. And if we're not counting the times the Muppets have played Star Wars characters or um, Order Frank o- or giving Frank Oz an honorary mention, um, her assistant was in Star Wars Robot Chicken. Donald Glover. Yes. 
yet another cameo. <laughs> Who was fantastic in NBC's community. Yes, he is. And would have been a great Spider-Man. I still support him for that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, now we're on completely different geek tangents. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> <laughs> but so then, and this was the part that I loved the most in the movie was when they they get the, they are able to get the spot and they have to go and rebuild the theater. So that whole sequence of the we built this city montage, Miss Piggy coming back, Walter being welcomed into the Muppets, like that whole sequence. Of, of them in the theater was my favorite part of the movie. Especially, I have to say, opening the closet to find Beauregard. Still living <laughs> in the closet, yes. Yes. <laughs> where, have you got, where were all you guys? <laughs> <laughs> but but there's, so there's a condition, though, on, on doing the special. They have to have a celebrity host. Yes. Uh, and... and but they can't get one because Kermit is spending his time calling Molly Ringwald and Cindy Lauper and <laughs> all these folks from the eighties, which again is a funny gag. But to me, like that's the part where again, the, the not melancholy necessarily, but they keep referring to the fact in the movie that the Muppets are no longer relevant, which makes perfect sense for the movie. I, I, I like my favorite one that he calls is when, when he's call, trying to call Jimmy Carter and they go, he goes, oh, I didn't realize he'd moved. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> but between between the joke in the in the office where she shows them where they land on the popularity chart, between Kermit kind of offering to Veronica saying, hey, I'm famous, and she says, no, you're not, the gags about them last being relevant in the 80s, I felt like it was a little too much, you know? Like, they're hitting us way over the head with the fact that these guys are no longer relevant. Which, again, makes perfect sense for the movie. I don't know if it makes great sense for the characters in general, but we shall see, I guess, in the future. Uh, and but So Kermit can't get a celebrity host. He goes over to Tex Richmond and basically just asks for the studio back and we get a bizarre rap scene from Chris Cooper. <laughs> Can I say how horrible and awesome that is at the same time? Yes, you may. Oh, my goodness. It's so unexpected. My whole, I went with, let's see. So I went with my boyfriend, my parents, my brother, and his girlfriend. We're all sitting in the back row watching. I think all of our mouths dropped open at once at the hysteria of it all. Because the last thing you expect from Chris Cooper is a rap segment. True. You know, it's kind of unbelievable, but it's so much fun. <laughs> maniacal laugh. Yeah, maniacal yeah. laugh. Maniacal. Uh, I, I think now is the perfect time to take a moment to discuss maniacal laugh. Yes. Because this is the plot that was removed from the movie. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so sure. here's the thing, right? The, the original plot of the movie, which was... Cu- which ended up on the cutting room floor, was makes this movie exactly the same movie as Country Bears in terms of plot. Thank you. I, just, I was <laughs> going to say that at the end, but you're right. Okay, so, so here's the thing, right? The original plot with Chris Cooper's character, Tex Richmond, was that 
at his 10-year-old birthday party, he had the Muppets, his parents paid for the Muppets to come to his birthday party, and they messed up his birthday party. And they caused him to have a horrible accident where he lost the ability to laugh. Hence why, throughout the movie, any time he would go to do a maniacal laugh, he would just have to say, maniacal laugh, because he couldn't actually laugh. Okay? That was supposed to be the point. And the whole thing with stealing the Muppet Studios to drill for oil was to get revenge on the Muppets for, for doing this to him. Okay? At the end, when Gonzo hits him, it's, he's not laughing for the first... They changed the movie such that he has never laughed in his entire life until he gets hit with Gonzo's bowling ball at the very end of the movie. Okay? During the, during the finale piece. Okay? In, in the original script, this was, it had the same effect, but it, it cured him. Okay? And suddenly he has it... He, so he has this great turnover and he gives the studio back to the Muppets. Here's my other problem with the plot. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Um, it, it, in one of the Christmas thing, Pepe, you know, the, the prawn there, or right, he's a pawn, right? We figured that out before. He's a king prawn. King prawn. Yeah, I said prawn. It works. I was okay. correcting you. Okay. He gets the theater registers as a historic landmark, which means he couldn't tear it down and drill it drill for oil. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. So uh, that was actually my my biggest problem with the plot right there is that it didn't matter because he would never have been allowed to to drill to tear it down and drill for oil. And you and five other people who saw that know that. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> So my biggest problem is that it's country bears. This, this movie is country bears. Yeah, once 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 you realize that that was cut out, it's exactly the Country Bears plot. And you guys mocked me and mocked me for liking the Country Bears movie. Yes. I'm just saying. So we discuss the other half of it though. It's done much better than Country Bears is. Yeah, what Todd said. <laughs> <laughs> so you say. <laughs> hey, Country Bears had the better had had Zeb had Zeb who 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 mowed the lawn, and and all all the Muppets had was Hobo Joe. That's all I'm saying. Not a redeeming factor. Yeah, <laughs> it is for me. I liked I liked I liked it. I liked it. I liked Zeb better than Hobo Joe. <laughs> I agree. Okay. So can I ask a question? Is did, does Hobo Joe come from anywhere specifically regarding that? Because I know what Hobo Joe is, but I wasn't sure if there was a joke there that came from some no. other thing. Okay, do we want to discuss what Hobo Joe actually is? Well, we got to get to Hobo Joe. So well, we'll, wait, we'll get to Hobo Joe then. Yeah. Uh, but So right after right after this whole bizarre rap sequence, it's revealed that the Muppets no, will no longer even have their name. It will be, you know, the Muppets will take over for them, and Kermit basically gives up at this point. So, again, it's Kermit just not being Kermit to me. Um, if, if, do you guys remember Muppets Take Manhattan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the middle part of that movie where they've been trying so hard to get the, the show on Broadway and, and Kermit just basically turns to them and says, I don't know what to do next, and, and kind of storms off. I feel like he spent most of the movie doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, 
you know, Kermit, so Kermit goes off and Miss Piggy decides to organize the Muppets and, and has the best kidnapping scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Complete with Japanese subtitles, you know, stop frames. I, I can't say enough about that. Just great. Yeah, plus, plus, New Zealand finally getting to wield his fish. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although, actually, my favorite part of that is as awesome as the Japanese subtitles and everything are that like that go into play there. My favorite, and we'll get to that in a minute, is when they go to Kermit's house, which I will explain. But I'm sorry, Todd, go ahead. Um, I just like the trying to figure out what Jack Black was trying to do with the ping pong balls on his <laughs> blue outfit. <laughs> well, you know what that is, right? It's a motion capture suit. Oh, is that what it was supposed to be? Okay. That's ex- no, that's what it is. It's exactly what it is. Because if you've seen like the, um, the special features on something like A Christmas Carol, that's he's wearing the same suit that they wear to do motion capture films. Okay. I took it as sort of a slam on motion capture. All right, I just wasn't sure what the ping pong balls were supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, so so the ping pong balls are actually like what the the computer tracks when you're doing a motion capture film. Right, but don't they just put dots on the outfit? It's not actually ping pong balls. No, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. No, that's it's exactly like if you if you if you ever get the. Uh, the DVD or the Blu-ray of one of the stop-motion films, like um, the more recent ones, um, they, the behind-the-scenes footage they will show you. It is actually ping-pong balls. Uh, the ones I've seen, it's they actually have all built into the costume. But I might be thinking of something else anyway, so that's fine. Because yeah. I've been looking, I've been looking at Avengers stills, you know, from production stills recently. So <gasps> you mean you mean the film that comes out on May fourth, two thousand twelve? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I said you mean the film that comes out on May fourth, two thousand twelve. Really? So yeah. soon? Yeah. Like right the water. Yes, it is. That's like close to when I'm coming to Florida again. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so so once once they kidnap Jack Black, we we then kind of shift back over to the human point of view, which I think if there's if there's any complaint about the actual movie itself and not just like you know my feelings about the movie or anything like that, the humans do kind of get the short shrift, but they probably should because it's a Muppet movie, not a human movie. But now I thought there were too much of the humans. Really? Really? Yeah. I, when I've gone back and looked at the old Muppet movies, it seemed like there was more scenes with the Muppets driving the plot, and here it seemed like the humans were driving the plot more. Hmm. Okay. Now I can get that. I get. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Jeff. Now that I think about it, I think it was necessary for what they were trying to do with the movie. Um. To, to have the humans kind of drive things. Because, like, the first 20 minutes, there's hardly any Muppets besides Walter at all. Right, you know, it's all Jason Segel and Amy Adams. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I just thought this part of the story where um, Mary is upset because they didn't, you know, have their anniversary trip. They basically spent the whole trip helping out the Muppets. She decides to return to small town and then, you know... Uh, Walter is trying to figure out what he's going to do on the show, and Gary has to choose between the two of them. In what has to be the funniest five minutes of, of, of Muppet comedy in decades, 
the Man or Muppet song, where <laughs> both both Jason Siegel and as Gary and Walter have to decide whether they are a man or a Muppet. And if you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin the cameo. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> yes, because if you haven't seen it, once you see the cameo that's involved in this, you will die laughing. It's priceless. It yes. really is. <laughs> yep. I, I, I think everyone at, I watched everyone in the theater when I was watching was just laughing out loud through the entire song. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Um, and by the way, I, I just wanted to make mention of, of what I briefly mentioned before. When they, when the Muppets go to Kermit's house to to tell him that they have a celebrity guest host now, yes. the, the expression on his face through that whole thing and, and his repeating, "You kidnap Jack Black, you kidnap Jack Black," and they're trying yeah. to, and they're and they're trying to make sense of of what they've just done and they're saying, "But yeah, but we did that, but isn't that better than risking showing the Muppet Show telethon?" But you kidnap Jack Black. It's, yes. not the, it's not the first time they've done that. <laughs> oh, do go on, Todd. Uh, does anybody not remember John Cleese also being tied to his chair and not really want, not really being there to be host for the Muppet Show? I, oh, I, I yeah. do because I watched it last week. But that's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the exact same plot, which is which is good. Okay, because it's actually a very funny episode to pay homage to, but it's it's there. It's not the first time that they've kidnapped the celebrity host. <laughs> Good for them. But but the end result of the song is Gary decides to go back to small town and be a man with with Mary, and Walter decides to be a Muppet and 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 stay with the Muppets, and and that is how we then enter the the telethon show itself. Uh, they have their celebrity host in Jack Black. They put the show on the air. And there's no one in the theater except for our good buddy, Hobo Joe. Yes. Who, uh, very entertaining. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I have to say, but, um, so Hobo Joe's used to be um, a food chain like Denny's, for the people who don't know. And what it's famous for is having this big 25-foot Hobo Joe statue out in front of each restaurant. Okay. Of course. <laughs> you can, you can. So, but that's not where Hobo Joe's come from. That's what Hobo Joe is famous for. Because most people remember the chain before they remember the actual thing. Incidentally, folks, you can still there is actually a memorial Hobo Joe statue in Buckeye, Arizona. That's kind of scary. Yeah, I swear it's there. <laughs> it's, what, it's it's so the the guy who originally made them for the restaurant chain the the memorial statue is because he died. And so they made the statues there in his honor. Okay. So I, I, I guess it's still a Hobo Joe statue. Uh, the, the character is actually created by an artist named Ron Lee, okay? And he has a series of uh, statues that are all Hobo Joe. You've probably seen them. You just don't realize it. It's like Hobo Joe talking to Uncle Sam, Hobo Joe talking to the fireman, and on and on and on and on that. That's, that's really where the character comes from. And then the food chain took the character from that and... Now it's in the Muppet movie. There you go. Very cool. Does that make it officially a meme now? I'm unclear. <laughs> not, <laughs> not as much as not as much as am I a Muppet or am I a man has become. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> True enough. Oh, yeah. Um, but the telethon is, is was my other favorite part of the, of the movie because it's basically the old Muppet show, just recreated for the, for the film. Yes. Um, with all the different bits, the behind the, the backstage stuff, you know, everything that you, if you, if you like the old Muppet show, I mean, this is, this is exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, this is the point in the movie where I just basically started crying. Because yeah, exactly. it, was so, it was so meaningful to actually see it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the point where as soon as Kermit started singing Rainbow Connection, I was done oh, for. Yeah. And then Miss Piggy comes in, and then they all start singing, and I just started crying from that point pretty much until the end of the film. I, I really enjoyed them singing Rainbow Connection, but can I be honest? Yeah. As much as I like Rainbow Connection, I like Life's a Happy Song much better. Oh, really? I really Don't do. Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> 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 I, I just don't know why. I, it, it's not. It, it's not that. It's just. It's. It's not that Rainbow Connection is a bad song. I just, as far as songs go, I like Life's a Happy Song better, except for the brief Amy Adams depressing moment in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life's a happy song, except when I'm depressed. I'm still going with Rainbow Connection as my favorite song from the film. <laughs> I agree. I love that they had um, first Whoopi Goldberg and Selena Gomez show up because the agents told them to, and they uh, the Ninja Turtle joke was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. And then um, Neil Patrick Harris answering the phone. I don't know why I'm not hosting this. <laughs> so, so there's reasons why it's those people. Okay. Um, so, first of all, Whoopi Goldberg had been on uh, Muppets Tonight, okay? She's also yep. been on Sesame Street many, many times, and she plays um, one of the sitters at one point in time in Muppet Babies. She does. She plays as well. Selena Gomez, while not having been on the Muppet Show, did one of those horrible Studio DC things. Yes, okay. she did. Okay. Rico Rodriguez, who is the, the kid from whatever show Cheryl just mentioned, because I don't think I ever watched that other show. Modern Family, which is Modern fantastic. Family. Okay, he, he was also on Sesame Street for a long time as one of the kids. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, Neil Patrick Harris is not even self-proclaimed. I think it's safe to say he is probably the biggest Muppet fan on the planet. Yes. If you've ever, if you, I mean, there, there's no question here. Anyone who goes on Sesame Street and plays the fairy shoe person... <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, he's he's been in many an interview where he has literally referred to Jim Henson as his hero. Okay, so he is you know that's why he was there. I have no idea why James Carville was one of the people taking phone calls. Or Judd Hirsch. Judge, well, Judd Hirsch should he's or has Jack he, Did Judd Hirsch host the original mm-hmm. show? Uh, yes, he did. Yes, yeah, so that's probably why. I mean, they were just pulling people like that at that point. Alan. You know, um, Alan Arkin. Obviously, he was he was he's um, so he yeah he's what well, he was on the Muppet Show. Also, he hosted. He actually had a good episode. Yes, he did. Yeah, and Je- Jeff just mentioned um, John Krasinski too. John, Krasinski. yeah, yeah. I don't know why he was there. Yeah, it's random. 
But anyway, um, I, I don't want to talk all about all the, the acts for the telethon, but suffice it to say that the audience starts coming in and people start watching the show and people start donating the tote board that they're running. They need $10 million. It keeps running and running and running and running. But it text Richmond eventually destroys the telephone pole nearby and it stops at $9,999,999. But first, wait, no, but first he stops the power. Yes. He, and Amy and Amy, and Amy Adams come. Amy Adams and, and Gary come. Mary and Gary come back to their rescue. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But it, we're we're basically all reunited at the end, and and it seems like they're one dollar short. But it turns out that um, Fozzie, you know, bangs his head on the tote board, and it turns out that in, instead of nine million nine hundred ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars, it's Ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine and ninety nine cents. So they were well short of the ten million dollars. Yes, that I thought was unnecessary. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that was. So, the original ending of the movie—did you guys read about this? It actually came out today. Oh no, go. So the original yeah. ending of the movie, Statler and Waldorf were in the balcony, and when it is at. When they are one dollar short, the two of them say, "Well, that wasn't so bad," and they drop a dollar. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting because that's like a Beverly Hills Cop reference almost, considering yeah. that they're the you know they're essentially the the characters in Beverly Hills Cop were patterned off of them. Yeah, yeah. but I feel like that would have been a way better ending. It would have. But instead, what we get is the Muppets getting kicked out of the out of the theater. They go to the to the end of the theater, and Kermit basically has the, the the speech where he says to them, "Look, we tried and we did our best. We're a family, and we're going to start our way back from the bottom. We don't need the theater anymore." And they go outside, and they discover that all the fans and the press and everyone are there. And in fact, you know, they had reached everyone with their with their telethon. And they redo, you know, life's a happy song, and everybody, everything turns out happy. As you mentioned, Gonzo hitting Tex with the bowling ball. He has a change of heart. Gary proposes to Mary. Um, Jack Black gets kidnapped by the hobos, and we all go home happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hobo oh, king. And, and yes. we we cannot forget Amy Adams' response to his proposal, and her response was, "Manamana." Do 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 do. I'm not joining in. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that's just another point for me. Was the whole the, the ending piece? Like, and, and it sounds like you guys didn't care for it too much either. But the whole thing about him banging his head and the and the tote board changing, I felt like that totally did not match up with then the throng of fans out on Hollywood Boulevard and and all that kind of stuff. And it just didn't fit right for me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to change that too. Especially with all the celebrities there. Between all the celebrities, they could have at least gotten the ten million right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Just pass the plate in the room. <laughs> really? What What was your most unexpected little thing that cropped up in the movie that you loved a lot? Miss Piggy and Pepe doing the scene from Dirty Dancing was like my favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ryan. So besides the, the the Muppet, am I a Muppet or am I a man part, which yeah. which was hilarious for me, um, it was Beauregard. 
just turning up in the closet. Okay. Yes. Jeff. Well, when they are going through the country and picking up all the Muppets, you drive past where Sweetums is coming out of Mad Mooney's car garage, which is the exact same garage that was in the original Muppet movie. Yes. And that was just awesome to see. Agreed. Cool. Um, Brianna? For me, it's a tie between everything that the 80s robot was in, every scene. (laughs) (laughs) Between that and, um, and Walter's constant screaming everywhere he went. But okay. That, yeah. You ready definitely. for mine? Yeah. The moment when the lights come back on and Wayne and Wanda are necking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After <Wait>. so long. <laughs> nope. That was wonderful. <laughs> so that, yeah. That's what. That's one thing though. Like if you haven't seen the original Muppet movie, I think you're gonna miss a ton of these jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. probably. And, and it's weird because not it's not like widely available on DVD either. Like it's out there, but it's not like you know they didn't push it in advance of this. Oh yeah, they have. Not you the can get a book. ticket to the movie right now if you buy it. Yeah. There's been Best Buy. Where have you been? Have you been reading your Best Buy ads, Ryan? Yes, I have. Or Amazon? No, yes, they've I been have. they've they've been ordering it. There's a big five pack on sale. Or Disney Movie Rewards. And then you got you got the free ticket. Settle down, people. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, typically when they do a new movie or a sequel, they'll put out like a re-release or something like that. And they didn't do that. It's the same. It's the same one that was out three years ago. True. Which is surprising. They, I would have expected them to, you know, to do something with it, like to make sure people saw it because this movie, re- like the contract at the very beginning of the movie that they're talking about, is the the rich and famous contract that Kermit signs at the end of the original Muppet movie. Right. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like they did with Tron, where they held back the original release until the new movie came out and then sold them all. That's why I'm expecting them to do with the release schedule on the new DVD. Yeah. I, Come I on, think Blu-ray. Right. Yeah. 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 Hopefully Blu-ray, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. they're due for a Blu-ray release, and that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah, because yeah, they put out they put out I think Muppets from Space and one of the other ones on Blu-ray, but not the original or the Great Puppet Caper. And those aren't owned by Disney. I think those are both owned by Columbia right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but you're probably right. Yeah. I I also liked how that um, the Muppet Theater was a facade put on the El Capitan Theater. Yeah. Right? So that yeah. then they went, because the actual movie premiere was at the El Capitan Theater, so it kind of is kind of cool that they did that. Yeah. Again, bringing in those nostalgic moments. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like from, uh, from, from our discussions that you guys are going to be uh, agreeing with the critics, but let's see what, let's see what, uh, what everyone thinks. I'll, I'll give our guest first shot. Jeff, what did you think? One, one to five on, on the Muppets. I'm going to give it a four and a half because... I don't remember a movie where I walked out and was ready to walk right back in again. It that that was well above my expectations on this movie. Cheryl, what do you think? I'm gonna pull Todd and give it a four point seven five, but because of that dumb whale movie in the beginning that made me cry and I had no 
tissues. Okay. Well, Todd, after you were wiping up uh, Cheryl's tears, were you able to see enough of the movie to uh, <laughs> to give it a rating? Well, I did manage to hold my head above the water, and I feel <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me the movie's a four. All right. Just right in there. Nothing, you know, no particular reason. It's just, you know, it's I I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not. I want to see where they go next. I think whatever. I think if they take the right steps, whatever they do next will be better than a four. Yeah, right. I agree with you. Bree, what'd you think? Well, I hope you're all sitting down because this film, I am going to give a five. Dun dun. There it is. I, you guys, I love this movie just as much as The Little Mermaid. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, there are some scenes that I would change, um, but, I mean, I'm willing to overlook that and just see the sheer beauty and emotion and dedication that everyone put into this film. I mean, it's it's just so much fun, and it, it's just, it just makes you forget about everything going on in your life. You know, it, it takes away all the stress. It's just... And like Jeff was saying, it's just the kind of film you're ready to just walk right back into the theater and watch again. I just love this to pieces. All right. Well, in case you couldn't tell, I'm not going to rate it by five. Um, I, I actually, if I were, it, it, it kind of when I was talking it through with my wife, when I said, I said, you know, I think as a movie, kind of like I said with you guys, as a movie itself, like if this was made by Alfonso Cuaron or, you know, some auteur filmmaker or something like that, as just a pure, like, meta-commentary on the Muppets and a, a movie involving the Muppets, I would rate it a five. Because from a story structure and all that sort of thing, it's really superb. Like, they, they put the humor, the jokes are there and all that kind of stuff, but as someone who loves the Muppets and admittedly is way too biased about how they should and, and could act, um, it just feels off to me, so I have to give it a three. Boo! 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 <laughs> wow, I just lost, like, tons of respect for you, right? I think Brown and I are playing Taylor and Waldorf in this movie. I think yeah. totally. <laughs> that's, that's not to say, by the way, I'm just like you guys. Like, I want to watch it again. I'm going to buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there, because I'm a Muppets fan. And I, but I want to see what happens next. I kind of wanted to see, like, I felt like the speech that Kermit makes at the end where he's talking about, um, you know, working their way back up from the bottom. I'm like, that's kind of the movie I wanted to see. So I'm hoping that's the next movie. <laughs> yeah. So are you saying this is better than Country Bears or not? I don't remember what I rated. Did I give Country Bears a three? I think I did. I think you gave him more than a three. Yeah, you totally gave him more than a three. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to go back to the archives. Ryan yeah. liked Country Bears better than this movie. You. There you <sighs> go. I, I can't take the pain. I just can't take this right now. <laughs> this is, this is, oh, this hurts my heart so much. But, but you guys, you, you, so, so, sorry, let me sidestep this. But you guys know how, I'm assuming, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> let me let me let me rationalize. Um, you know how the way that you feel when you're going into the theater can sometimes affect your perception of the movie. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I might have been in a bad mood going into to see the movie. 
No bad moves, Ryan. And then I didn't, and, you know, like I said, I, as a Muppet person, I was expecting one thing and got another. And what I got was good. It just wasn't what I was expecting. So I freely admit I'm very biased in this occasion. Okay. Fair enough. So, go see it again. I will, yep. I will go see it again, and I may revise my, my review. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Reserve the right I'm good. And, right. And, and listen, anyone who's listening, remember disfilmproject at gmail.com and just say... Put Ryan needs to rewatch this movie as the <laughs> subject, and we'll we'll get it to him. Don't you worry. Yes, we can make it or, happen. Or you could go to the Facebook page, because I know Jeff Swearinger did. He did. Yes, I did. You could go to the Facebook page and leave that note there if you wanted to, or or you can just tweet us. You can tweet us at Diz Film Project. And, 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 you know, you could tweet me, at Ryan Kilpatrick, and just and say, hey, you're wrong. This is the best movie ever. I, I will freely accept that. I don't, I don't mind. Um, so you can stay in touch with us until then, uh, until next week. You can also uh, stay in touch with us through uh, the various and sundry blogging platforms. Touringplans.com for Todd and myself. They are our sponsor for the episodes. We thank them for that. Then there's uh, the Disney Driven Life, which Todd has um, uh, diligently worked as the chief technical officer to to put up so that Bree and I can blog there. And then you can always visit Cheryl over at about.me slash Cheryl P3. All right. So thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Did you have a good time, hopefully? Had a great time. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, thank you. All right, folks. So um, un- until next week... Um, it's time to light the lights. It feels like we just mentioned a really important plot point. Someday we'll find it. The Rainbow Connection. Wow, that was such an expensive looking explosion. I can't believe we had that in the budget. Manamana. Do 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 do. Manamana. Do 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 do. Manamana. I like uh, Rainbow Connection because it's a Kermit song, and I can sing it as Kermit. Yeah, you can. we will find it, the Rainbow Connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and...